Today, I'm speaking to Meredith Richardson. Now, Meredith sent me this. She said, Meredith Richardson coaches women worldwide who are at midlife and beyond. She empowers them to create their best lives using online individual and coach grouping sessions. Now, that's all she gave me to go on, but it's really not the whole story. What Meredith hasn't said is she worked in mediation for many years, and then suddenly something very bad and challenging happened to her, and I mean awful. That led her to reevaluate her whole life. So prior to her doing all this coaching, she got to travel worldwide. The reason I've invited Meredith on is for you to hear both her incredible story of how she moved forward in the face of very real adversity, but she's also in a good enough space to help others. So Meredith, welcome. What a challenge you've had. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to being on here with you today. No problem. Meredith, now tell us about your story because you worked um, in mediation for many years, didn't you? I used to be an attorney and a mediator um, and a guardian ad litem. And as a guardian ad litem, I represented the best interest of children in court. So for example, if um, parents couldn't agree as to what should happen with children during a divorce, then the court could appoint me as a neutral person to represent the children's best interest and make recommendations. So what happened to me and what you alluded to was in 2015, I had two people try to kidnap me in retaliation for work that I had done as a guardian ad litem. I, I can't imagine what that was like because I, I encourage every woman in midlife to do some volunteer work. While the work you did wasn't volunteer work, it was absolutely trying to get everyone's best interests at heart. And to find that taken in such a way must have been really quite challenging. It was really horrible. It, it, I would say it was particularly horrible on so many levels, right? It was horrible because what they did was they um, they lured me to a remote location pretending that I was going for mediation. So I thought that I was going to be going and mediating a family dispute. And instead, I was attacked by a man in a disguise uh, with a taser cane. I really will tell you, I'm only alive today because I was able to fight him off. And um, I, because he was disguised, I didn't recognize him in the moment that he was attacking me. He was pretending to be an elderly man. And I recognized him because of what he did to me more than because of recognizing his face. I've got to say, hats off to you, because I, I'm absolutely certain I would be so playing catch up in the moment of how, you know, what was happening to me. I don't think I'd have the ability to fight anyone off. I'd, I'd be going, I'd just be sat there going, what, what's going on? Why is that? You know, you can't possibly be doing this. That doesn't happen in real life. Well, and there was definitely that period of playing catch up because I did think that I was there for a mediation and I thought that people would come and rescue me. Like I thought that it was just, um, initially because it was in October, the first thing I thought was maybe this was a hot, like a Halloween prank gone wrong because I could see the electricity arcing from the cane into my leg and it hurt. And I was yelling at him to stop because it hurt. And he was just smiling. Finally, honestly, it wasn't until he started, um, trying to smother me too. And I was leaning back in my car to get away from his, um, to get away from his hand that I realized, oh, there's a van. I could die tonight. Ooh. And that was when I started to fight back. You obviously managed to get away. Thank goodness. 
how did how did that that final bit happen? How did you manage? Was it a friend coming by? Was it um, a passerby? How how did you manage to escape? No, so for me, I was I was very lucky. <laughs> Seems strange to say. I'm. I will tell you, I am somebody who always finds like I can find the silver lining in almost anything. So let me just preface <laughs> it with that. Um, I was very lucky because when he attacked, um, I had both of my legs. He attacked me at my vehicle and, um, I had both of my legs out of the car, but I, I wasn't actually outside the vehicle because the taser cane, um, probably would have made it so that my legs gave way and I was, um, simply on the dirt on the ground. So because he attacked me while I was still sitting in the vehicle, I was sitting in the vehicle. Um, but I had both of my legs out. So when he attacked, um, and I was still crying out for help, he got concerned. I think about, um, someone hearing me, but also he is the type that likes to smother women. So it could have been that too. Um, so he decided to try to climb into my car on top of me to, um, put his hand over my mouth. When he did that, and I realized there was a van and I could die, um, I reached up and I grabbed his hair and I pulled the wig he was wearing right down in my lap. And at that point, because he was no longer teasing me, because he was trying to smother me instead, my legs started to work again. And so I literally kicked him off of me. But then the van started slowly pulling away and driving down the driveway. And I thought, really? Like, I just have to execute a three-point turn and follow the van? I was worried the van was going to stop in the middle of the driveway and my car was not an off-road kind of car. And I just didn't know that I would make it to the road if they did. But they went right and I went left. And I called um, for help, 911 here. It's something different in Britain. And as, so as soon as the my car, it, my wheels hit the pavement, I called for help. Right. So you've been kind enough to share that experience with us. Let, let, let's, let's move on because that totally changed your life. Not surprisingly, I, I would say. Sure. So I went to Norway figuring I would figure out my next steps. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that that was a place that I, that was the one place on earth that I felt safe. And I figured given Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if I felt safe, then I could figure out the rest of it. I also, um, wanted to write a memoir about what my life after the attempted kidnapping, what had happened. So I went to Norway with the ability to write the memoir. I brought a book about uh, writer's block and procrastination, knowing that once I was clearing my schedule like this, that I would have things come up, right? That got in the way. Yeah. I also brought a book, a couple books on agents and publishers, and I brought a yoga mat. And so when I was there, I would do yoga pretty much every day. I would go for a hike pretty much every day. And I did not write the memoir every day, but I did end up with the first draft of the memoir by the time I was done. I started marketing the memoir to agents and it looked like I was going to have an agent pretty quickly, truthfully. So when I went off to Norway in um, March of 2019, I thought I was all set. And then um, 
it wasn't happening fast enough. So I had to figure out what to do with myself. And I thought, well, like Cato Kaylin, he seemed to live at OJ's for free. So like, what can I do to make it so that I can live for free? And I found um, some international pet sitting sites. So at least I could reduce my expenses. I could live for free at someone's house and they could have a free pet sitter. So it was a trade. In March of 2020, I came back to the U.S. I was supposed to be pet sitting for a couple months outside of um, Tucson, Arizona. And then I was planning to be um, either set up in Norway or Greece by the end of this year. But no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and with COVID, uh, all of that fell apart. And I ended up in Arizona for a couple months, and it's very hot there in the summer. And it's not it is my hot there. Place. It is not my place in the summertime. So I had a friend who said to come to the Oregon coast. So I did. And I um, decided to try online dating here on the Oregon coast. And I had my first online date was terrible. And so I thought. <laughs> Obviously, I'm selling myself as like nurturing earth mother who will fix you. And that is not what I want. So I revamped um, what I was putting out there for a message. And then the next date that I had was um, on July 4th, our Independence Day. Yeah. And we met for coffee and our coffee ended up lasting nine hours. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, so we were completing each other's sentences within two weeks, and we just are super, super happy together. So and that's quite a turnaround. So you're now back in America. I mean, uh, not necessarily that you're going to stay there, but, you know, back in America. How, is, how does that feel? Honestly, so the Oregon coast is really nice in that it reminds me of um, what I loved about Norway and what I loved about um, the winter on Samos in Greece. So, um, I have, I live in a little like beach town, almost a beach village, but we'll give it a town name. And I live where the mountains kiss the sea. So I've got mountains I can go hiking at. I've got a beach that I can walk. The town I live through is in, um, it's like a like a pass-through town, so it doesn't get a whole lot of tourists. So I can literally walk for miles on the beach, and there are very few people out here with me. Just so how did, you, how did you go from writing to coaching midlife women, and what made you want to help midlife women? When I went to Norway and I was looking at what are, what are my strengths, right? What can I do that I, could still, that I could still do? One of my strengths was writing, and that was, that was an easy one to turn to when I wanted to hide. I still would have happily hidden, honestly. If I could have gotten an agent and a publisher, I'd be happily writing books right now, I think. But things didn't happen fast enough. And so I needed to figure out what else to do with my strengths. What I was really good at um, in terms of being a mediator and as a coach was I was really good at taking people from where they are and helping them to get where they wanted to go. I, I'm strengths-based, I'm solution-focused, and I'm intuitively strategic. So I can see paths that other people can't see. 
So what do you think, when, when women come to you, are we all having a midlife crisis? Because I think that's a horrible thought. But there's clearly something goes on in midlife. Is it the change because we suddenly realise we're looking at the back end of our life? It's okay. So I think that there's actually a lot going on. One thing that happens is our brains change as women. So we actually, our brains rework so that we're better able to see connections in a way that we weren't seeing them before. Another thing that happens is that, yes, I mean, we do have that happening in terms of empty nest. So we've been already in this place of serving others, right, of taking care of other people's needs first. And then as the nest empties, all of a sudden we have this time on our hands that we don't necessarily know what to do with. But I think that there's also a piece of it where if you look at it as you have school and you graduate around age 18 and then you may go off to college or university or you may immediately go into work. But a lot of what you're doing at that time is influenced strongly by what the parental expectations are of you, what the societal expectations are of you. And at midlife, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but you're in a different space where you don't have the same parental influence. You have some, don't get me wrong, you could still have some, but you don't have it as sort of this overarching theme. So I think that the people who end up having midlife crises are the ones that really aren't in alignment with who they want to be or who they, um, who they should be, right? That actually took on a lot of what society or other people wanted them to be and made the best of it. And now they realize that it's not actually fulfilling to them. So I would say there are plenty of people that for midlife, they'll do some kind of a course correction. But when you see someone do sort of a violent course correction, it's because they haven't been true to themselves. They haven't been living the life that they that they wanted and that they needed, and they haven't even allowed themselves to hear that. <laughs> I think you're completely right. I think it it is. It's it's all down to not being who you really are and wanting to find that person. Well, sometimes I don't even think it's that you need to find that person so much as just you have to let that person out. Do you know what I mean? They're, yes, they're, I do. It can be that you've just spent so much time telling yourself that you can't be that person. That really, it's just allowing yourself to say, well, I, I can and I will. And this is how. Do you find yourself in a good space now? I hope you do. I am in a very good space now, I have to say. And I do think part of it is, as I've told you, like I can find the best in almost anything. So as far as I'm concerned, it's up to me to have a great life. And it's up to me to have a great day today. And I get to choose what I'm going to focus on and how I'm going to make that happen. I've seen plenty of people get stuck, right? I've having you know, done divorce mediations um, and having worked with people, people can get stuck. You have, it's not that terrible things don't happen. Terrible things do happen, right? It doesn't have to be a terrible thing happen like I had. By the time we get to midlife, everybody's had something terrible happen. I mean, that's the Yeah, we've all had tragedies. Yeah. Right. Something awful has happened. But the people that get stuck focus on what awful happened 
And the people that don't find a way to focus on the rest of life, not in just a smooth it over, pretend it didn't happen. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying live in denial. You, you have to move through the pain, but you have to actually go through it. You have to go from, you know, point A to point B. You have to go to the next step. And you have to allow yourself to find the joy in everyday living, even when that's happening. So yes, you can have a terrible day and you can find something in that day that is good. For 2021, what would your message of hope be to women who find themselves in a space where they don't recognize themselves? So I'm going to go with the sun comes up for us every day. It's just a question of whether we go and we look for it, right? So if you don't recognize yourself in this moment, then it's time to do a deep dive into what's going on. And this actually could be the best thing that ever happened to you. Because this is your body. This is your brain saying this isn't working. And it gives you the opportunity to create something that works even better. Not saying it's not going to be a painful journey. It certainly can be a painful journey. Um, but you get to get through it. And you will get through it if you keep taking the steps to get through it. Meredith, this has been one of the most interesting interviews I've done all year. I absolutely, I'm in awe of your story and I'm in awe of, of your advice. Um, you Thank run you. online and you run online coaching courses as well, don't you? So I can put the links up for people to find you. Um, but before you go, we ask every guest this. So going from these very serious subjects to the frivolity of beauty, <laughs> I'm going to pop you on a desert island. It's just <laughs> off the coast of Oregon. <laughs> um, no, it's not off the coast of Oregon. Um, I'm going to pop you on there. You've got sunscreen. What other one beauty product would you take with you? It has to be lipstick. I always have lipstick. What what color lipstick? It doesn't matter so much the color, although I really don't like it. I used to like really like dark red kind of lipstick, but yeah. now I have little thin creases in my up above my lips and so it doesn't look good on me after a period of time so it has to be yeah, something got those. I can wear <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it has to be something I can wear at this age <laughs> okay and what fragrance would you take I have been carrying around uh Beyonce's heat with me for the last year so I had friends give it to me um over in the UK last year and I really like it so that would be it Fantastic. Meredith, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. It, it can't be easy reliving it. And I, I hope we didn't sound too mawkish as we, we listened to it. But it was an incredible story, really inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been fabulous. And I'm, I'm happy to share it. it um, I want women to know that they can do this too. I want women to be empowered by my story and know that if I can do it, you can do it too. Thank you so much. Well, that's all for today, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back soon with another program. In the meantime, take care and enjoy yourselves.